Welcome to the Science of Flipping Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Colby. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Science of Flipping Podcast. I am your host, Justin Colby. And if you are watching this podcast live on YouTube, or at least on YouTube, you can see I have another incredible interview to put forth with Sean and Nisa. But before I introduce them, which you're going to want to listen to them because they have a tactic that most of you think is dead. Um, before I introduce them, if this is randomly your first podcast episode that you jumped onto, get over to the website, thescienceofflipping.com. The reason why I urge you to do that is because I have a book. I sell it every day on Amazon. It's called The Science of Flipping. But for my listeners, I always offer it to you for free. I want you to get as much value as you can. Um, I want to be a resource to you. So you can actually download it uh, from my website, thescienceofflipping.com. As well as there's a whole bunch of other things. If you want to listen or watch more podcast episodes, they're on the website. If you're interested to hear more about the Boardroom Mastermind, which both of these people are a part of, uh, there's an application for you to fill out. If you're looking to see if you're the right fit, or even if you want to work with me one-on-one, whatever that may be, there's applications on the site, there's good training materials, there's books. Get over to thescienceflipping.com, check it out, um, and go from there. Uh, so with all that being said, with all the housekeeping kind of done now, um, I want to introduce these two awesome, wonderful people. Uh, I got to know them uh, through the mastermind that we put on. They're actually the, in the elite program because they've built a business uh, so profitable they deserve to be there. But not only are they great business individuals, they're amazing people and they always love giving back. So I always wanted to bring them on because what they do, their story, their strategy, honestly... If you asked me six months ago, nine months ago, before I met them, I would have told you it's dead. You can't do this anymore. You're not going to get deals. It's old school. I mean, it's it's done, right? And so, uh, Sean and Nisa, how are you two? How are things? We're well, thank you. How are you? Doing good. Doing really good. I'm so happy that you guys were able to find some time to, to jump on the call with me. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Yeah. So listen, you know, I kind of poke fun and, and I kind of poke fun, but it's serious, man. I, I think for those that, you know, I'm going to tell a little bit about your story, but they're out in Houston, um, which is a hot, hot market, um, as hot as any you could probably find, right? Dallas, Phoenix, Houston. I mean, they're all just smoking hot, Austin, um, and they use bandit signs. They use <laughs> bandit signs and only bandit signs, right? Like, I don't think you do any other marketing, right? We do direct mail, Craigslist. You do. Uh, dabble a little bit in that but majority of our bread and butter is bandit sign about 85 percent of it is bandit sign yeah that's huge and i you know if you guys would have called me and said hey i'm thinking about doing this i'd be like uh you're gonna you're gonna waste your time you're gonna waste your money i would have been the first person that would have been like guys are you sure about this because i don't know if it's gonna work yeah yeah a lot of people a lot of people think that that's why we actually have the advantage over yeah, they're wholesalers in it because they don't think that bandit signs are still in because of other people, you know, telling them, "Oh no, it's old school. It's it's, it's overplayed." A lot of the times, other wholesalers they always ask us, "Man, I tried bandit signs one week and it didn't work. I didn't yeah. get any calls or anything." And we always just tell them, "You have to be consistent. Like you can't just do it one week and then fall through." Yeah. We do about four or five hundred bandit signs a week, actually. Which is great, right? And so before we get into your strategy, I want to, I want the listeners to know a little bit more about both of you personally so they kind of have a background of how you even got into the industry why you got into the industry um who you two are as far as your backgrounds because i think you guys have an awesome story especially guys how you guys got together i think that's a great story at least i think it's great <laughs> uh, 
And so let's kind of just take a step back where you guys come from, what your background is in terms of work and entrepreneurship or if you had a boss at some level. And let's, let's just kind of start there and I'll let you guys both kind of chime in as you go. Okay, so, well, let's, do you want to start with how we met? Let's start with how you met and how uh-huh. you ended up together. I This is the best part. You can go ahead and fill it up. Oh, okay. Um, so, basically, we went to high school together. We're next door neighbors. Uh, we're neighbors as well. And, um, you know, we were just in the neighborhood. You know how boys play ball and whatnot, and she st- we found out that she lives in the same neighborhood as us. But I really never paid attention to her until, like, Halloween. Oh, um, and this is like back in ninth grade, so about like ten years ago. Yeah. Oh, you guys are so young. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Give me one second. Let's get get you back on full screen. Okay. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so basically, we met up. Uh, we started dating in high school. We dated for about eight months until her mom got a overseas position for education. She went moved to Venezuela tried this long distance relationship for about a couple months and it didn't really work out, you know, email back and forth, lagging of time. Um, so kind of just, you know, <laughs> decided that we we're going to go separate ways. Um, once that happened, you know, I started doing my own thing. She started doing her own thing. She was in Venezuela to Pakistan to all these other countries. And I'm here in Houston, just, you know, grinding it out. Um, and long story short, we meet in basically two to three years ago. Uh, 2014 at U of H in the, uh, library. In the library, and I didn't they had no clue that she was actually still going to school at U of H. That was her first semester there, and we just met up, caught uh you know got some lunch together at Pink Pizzas, and uh, the rest is history. He's missing one part. He's leaving out one part that I think is the best part. Do you want yeah, to hear the best part? No, that's you got. <laughs> Got me front row tickets to a Beyonce concert, and I rejected him. And he was like, "Oh man, I guess I have to take my sister now." You just gotta stay persistent in things, you know. It's part of the game. That's so how you they invited her to the Beyonce concert, which is a great move, by the way, right? You're like, what girl doesn't want to go to Beyonce? And this was like already because we met in February. Beyonce concert was in June, so or like in May. July. It was July, so we were already kind of like talking and we we're hanging out and stuff. So I was like, hey, you know, let's go to the – we went to the Rockets game first. And she said, yeah, to the Rockets game. So I was like, okay. And then we were hanging out. And then I was like, hey, you want to go to the Beyonce concert? And then her friend told her no. Not to. <laughs> her friend was the one who persuaded her to say no because, like, oh, you've probably been leading him on. And, you know, not a good friend. Nisa, you missed a great concert. <laughs> a great concert. It's okay. We eventually saw her last yeah, year. Yeah, we saw her. Again. So it all worked out. But it was a Beyonce and Jay-Z concert. So she Ooh. missed a real yeah, out of a good one. Yeah. yeah. But um, anyways, let me. And then so my background is basically I come from a like a background business background family. Um, have uh, we own furniture stores in Houston, about seven retail stores, and uh, I was working with them for about seven eight years uh, in high school. You know, doing any everything from accounts payable to accounts receivable to ma- uh, warehouse manager to salesman to all that good stuff, and. Um, Basically, I was about to graduate college, and I was like, you know what? I don't, I can't see myself working with the family anymore, just because uh, I kind of want to do my own thing, want to make my own mark. Uh, I just saw a ceiling with them, and uh, just decided to kind of go my own path. And, and his boss was his older brother, so yeah, my boss, was, yeah, my boss, my older <laughs> brother. That can be tough. There's no doubt about that. Tough. So, um, 
you know, and then uh, so I was like, you know, what's the biggest? You know, I love sales because when I was at Exclusive, I did everything from accounts payable to everything like that. So my my you know passion was sales. I like talking to people. I like meeting new people, and I like kind of like interacting and basically um, you know selling a stranger a product or an item where they had no clue about. And that kind of gives me a thrill. So I basically was like, what is, what can I do in sales? And I was, I was like, why not real estate? Because Nissa was in real estate at that time, actually. She was working for a builder. And she told me, she was doing the accounts, you know, accounts payable for a build, her builder. And she told me how much she clocked in that one year, which was like 900 grand. And I was like, wow, I need to get into real estate. Yeah. I was, all right, so I, you know, are they hiring? You know, like are they? She was like, yeah, they're hiring. I'm like, all right, let's do it. You know, like so, like so, we're gonna that we're gonna go with the interview process. But like, let me get my license and let me, you know, become an agent or whatnot. And me and her went to um, the Stan Merrill um, Fortune Builders uh, seminar they had going on in Houston, talking about the flip game, you know, everything like that. And I was like, you know what? So wow. the seed was planted. The seed was planted with yeah. Stan Merrill. Yeah, the seed was planted. With her telling me that her boss clocked in nine hundred thousand, I was like, oh, oh yeah, definitely. And I met her boss before. I was like, she can clock in nine hundred, I can clock in nine hundred. That's right. You know, that's that's my mentality always. Like whenever I see a wholesaler or whenever I got into this business, I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So basically, um, was trying to get my real estate license and ran into this company in Houston uh, called Network Realty. They were they start they're basically a wholesaling firm or whatnot. They do wholesaling, hoteling. And uh, got hired with them, but ran into someone else on Instagram that you know was doing wholesaling and said that you know you can do it on your own. And I was like, hey, yeah, I can do it on my own. Why not? So I just read a book, um, got introduced to Sean Terry, uh, listened to podcasts while I was at the gym driving, and just started taking action. That's awesome. And, uh, we're here now. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, good. And how about you, Nisa? What was kind of your background? Obviously, you were in real estate. Uh, doing counts payable, things of that nature for a big builder, and how yeah. did it all take so care I was of you? That and I always had, I was actually going to go to dental school, so I was putting myself through college by working as an assistant for the builder, and tutoring on the side, I had like three jobs at one time, and yeah, it was, it was crazy, and then I became the director for um, Montessori's in Houston, and okay. it was not working for me. I felt like I was putting in way too much work and I wasn't getting what the amount of work I was putting in. I felt like I was not getting compensated. So then I saw, and I've always wanted to do real estate in the back of my head and I was going to dental, wanting to go to dental school, feeling it. And I always dreamed of owning my own business. That's always been a dream of mine. I've always wanted to own my own business, be my own boss and just take control of things. So I saw Sean, he started out and he was about like, six months in and I was like, Hey, this is working for you. And so one morning I called him. I was like, Hey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start working with you. Okay. I'm going to resign and I'm just going to start working with you. And he was like, what? Yeah. I was like, uh, cause he, we always talked about, it. I was like, yeah, you're going to come, you know, come on board. We're going to do, we're going to start doing house flips, you know, this and that we're going to be the new, you know, Caden, whatever the people are on HGTV. We're going to, yeah, we're going to yeah, be that. So we always talked about like, yeah, you're going to come on board. You're going to do this for me, this and this and that. But don't quit your job just yet because I'm not ready. I just got into this, you know, like I'm not ready to bring someone on. Like it's just me doing that. I wouldn't even know how to kind of like divide and conquer it. So, so she was like, all right, we'll wait. I was like, yeah, like like give me like till like March or something. Let me at least 
like be closer to a year than like and she's like okay and then she calls me that December which was like it was the first week of December it was four months because I started in I started in June June I started June 1st I got my first check on August 15th so it took me two months to get my first check last so year. of last year 2016 so it took me so basically four months in from my getting my first check she calls me I got it. eight, eight it was I think like, it was like six a.m. six a.m. You know, so I was sleeping. I was in my REM sleep, maybe. And, <laughs> and you know, I'm my own boss. I'm like, I'll wake up at eight o'clock and it's nine o'clock when I want to. So she called me. She's like, Hey, I'm tired of this Montessori. I'm gonna work for you. Let's let's do it. I was like, Uh, what time is it? Like, yeah, like, like what time? o'clock in the morning. What's wrong with you? And, and she was like, up all night long thinking about this. How is she gonna talk to you? What is she gonna do? How is she gonna quit? And you're like. Totally. Huh? Yeah. Uh, totally, yeah. Absolutely. And then I was like, it's okay, I'll figure it out. I was like, you're all over the place anyway. Like, I'm sure I can figure something out. I have some savings. It's okay. We'll work it out. So. Yeah, for you. Which is, is I'm so happy we kind of dove into this section because part of what our listeners, and, and as you know in the mastermind, I mean, it's a big hurdle to A, really go full time, right? To really say I'm firing my boss, I'm letting go of this safety net that's paying me a livable wage, whatever that is. And I'm doing this and it's all reliant on me or us or whatever. And all of the income we make is our income, right? So there's the, everyone wants that. But to be able to make that decision to actually, you know, leave your family's business, quit your dental world that was providing you a lifestyle that was probably fine right maybe it wasn't over the top maybe but you paid your bills you enjoyed your life it was yeah. good it's really good to hear how old are you guys 25 24 which is huge right and i know my listeners range from roughly 25 all the way to 45 typically there are listeners out there that are you know younger and older um but this is a huge thing for someone at that age at any age to be able to sacrifice the security of being an employee you know, and so Nisa, was this like a? Did you think about it long, or did you kind of just say, you know what, I'm out? What, what was I, that I, process for you? I always thought about it, and I honestly, I overanalyze things a lot, and I'm not really one to like jump to things quickly. But there was just something in my gut where I was just like, I have to do this, and now it's literally now or never. Because if I'm gonna do it, this is the age to do it. Like I've done all the schooling that I need to do. I've done everything everyone's always told me to do. And I was like, I'm going to try it out. What's the worst that can happen? Cool. Cool. You know? And so I was like, it's either now or never. That's why I was all, I was up all night thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? I wrote my letter. I wrote my resignation letter. And then I called him. I was like, I'm quitting. I'm going to go give my letter to my boss and we're going to do this. And I kind of found a way for myself to fit into the business so I could make it work and I'd be like, don't worry about it. Don't stress. It's going to be fine. Don't pay me. Yeah. So, but it's I just, a whole mentality shift. If you're thinking about, you know, going from, yeah. you know, working for a boss, clocking in, clocking out to, you know, I'm on my own schedule. I, I got to, you know, you, obviously there's a plan that you got to have set in place. It's, you know, yeah. it's not nothing that you can just jump to and be like, you know, what, I'm going to quit. Let's see what happens. It's something But you that, definitely have to dedicate yourself to it. If you right. want to do something, you have to dedicate. You can't just say, well, I took the big step. I quit. Now what? Now what? You can't just wait for something to fall on your lap. You have to go out there and actually get it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great message for sure. And Sean, what was your kind of, obviously you had family involved, which may have made it even easier for you, right? Or maybe made it more difficult, right? So it was when more you, diff- what was your process? 
So he's actually the youngest of all of his siblings. And is he spoiled? The- How spoiled is he? Does, does his family just baby him to death? Actually, no. He used to he put himself through college, and he would be at the warehouse at 6 a.m., and he'd leave yeah. at 9 p.m. So. I knew like, I liked you, too. Remember that conversation like, we had like, in Denver? I'm yeah. like, listen, I need to be able to have a beer or eight with you if you want to be a part of Billy. Like, I can't be yeah. hanging around people. I yeah. love it. I love that. That's awesome. So, no, I was working with my family since I was, like, um, 17. And my first job was not with them. My first job, I, my dad would actually told me, like, don't, don't just come in working with us. Like, try to get the real-world experience of how to clock in, clock out, like, switch, you know, just shifts with other people. So he wanted me to do that first. So I was 16, and I got a job at Chuck E. Cheese. So that was my first job ever, right? So it was pretty cool. But then uh, I joined my family's business. Business? Um, business. Uh, business. H-Town <laughs> <laughs> slang, huh? I got you. Exactly. I joined them about like when I was, like, 16, 17. So I was working with them for, like, seven years doing everything. Um, and I was, that was, I was basically living there. Like I would 60 hours a week is nothing to me. Yeah. I would do 60 hours a week with my eyes closed over there, 60, 65 while still going to school and having, full-time. you know, full time, still putting 15, 18 hours at school for classes. And, but I was putting 60 hours here too. So it was, I mean, I was kind of, I was already kind of, it was in my DNA. It was just yeah. already going in. So, but I felt like I was getting adva- like taken advantage of or whatnot. Sure. At times, like um, I mean, I just didn't feel like there was a ceiling because I had my older sister, my older brother, my older uh, other brother to to s- respond to. My dad passed away about eight years before, like before this. My older brother took place, so it was just I have three other people that I got to respond to. I felt overshadowed, even though I was like the warehouse manager taking care of everything. I just. I just didn't, I didn't see happiness. You know, I, I didn't find happiness there anymore. I was happy before, you know, putting all these hours in, but then it kind of, you know, kind of drains you out, you know, like, and especially with the young age I was at, I was like at 21, 22. You're already feeling burned out. I was already feeling burned out. So uh, what, and what gave I, you the courage to say and sit down with your family and say, I'm out? It was, it was honestly a lot. It was a lot. I was thinking about it for like a whole eight months before I got to tell them, like, hey, I'm, leave but it was just um it was just the other side the other side of the world and where i was missing out on like yeah i just this is someone who would work seven days a week all of his friends would be out he's always working on the weekends doesn't know what a weekend is doesn't know like would never see like daylight until he left work yeah i just i just felt like i had more potential because i i took care of what i did at from age 17 to age 22 and i felt like i had more potential and i was like I have more potential. I can do something else. I kind of just wanted to experience something else because I was I was tied in this family's business for seven years yeah. of my basically growing up, you know, childhood to adulthood, and I just wanted to see other the other side of it. I didn't know I was going to start a business. I thought I was going to work for somebody else. Honestly, I was still in that mindset. Sure. So when I did, because I was going to work for this company called Network Realty, so I wasn't really. I was like, I'm going to work for them, then I'm going to start my own thing later on. I didn't know that I was going to go in and just work for myself until I met a guy on Instagram. His name is Nick Ruiz. I met him on Instagram. And, you know, he was doing it on his own. I was like, hey, if he can do it, I can too. So um, basically it was just it was just that, you know, I saw myself with a lot more potential than I Good. than I was. So let's talk about how you guys built this business, right? So 
you're started, Nisa joins you, and you know, kind of, we already talked about how the reason why you're on this podcast specifically is a strategy for bandit signs, right? And so, how did you go about when you said, okay, I'm going to launch the company, we're going to do this together? How did you go about your marketing strategy? Why did you choose bandit signs? You know, in so start. So basically, um, you know, I, while listening to Sean Terry, watch, you know, watch uh, reading the books or whatnot, it was bandit signs, it was direct mail. It was SEO, PPCs, or like four main and Craigslist, five major you know marketing channels that you can get into. SEO and PPC were a little too they're really expensive down here in Houston, so I was like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna do direct mail and banded signs, and um, I did door hangers as well in the beginning. Door hangers didn't work for me, but those two marketing channels, direct mail and banded signs, will work. So uh, I just stayed consistent. To I got my first deal from a banded sign. So I felt like as soon as the, you know, as soon as I started doing bandit sign, it was love at first sight basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I put bandit sign. I used to put bandit sign myself. So I put them uh, about a hundred a night um, on a Friday night. On a Monday, I got a call uh, from this lady, and she was like, "Hey, I got a house to sell. My is my grandmother's house. Went over there, checked it out. That was my first deal that I I ever got. Um, Seventeen thousand, but it was actually supposed to be eleven. But I ended up wholesaling the buyer's deal." Ended up doing a JV with him. Kind of, it was kind of complicated, but it was seventeen thousand in total. And I was like, "Hey, Bandersign worked for me. Let's keep doing it." Right. So just kept doing it, just kept doing it. And I was doing direct mail too, but it wasn't working as much. Uh, um, it was here and there, not really. It was a little it was scattered. Like a hit or miss. Yeah, it was a hit or miss. Um, so I just stuck with bandit signs, and then um, yeah, I mean, just stay consistent is, with it. We really started automating it. March. And we started automating in January. One of my yeah. one, another colleague of mine who does wholesaling, he was telling me that he was doing a thousand uh, a thousand a week. I don't know if he was lying to me or if he was telling me the truth. I, I think he was lying to me, but that put some fire yeah, in me. He was like, "Whoa, he's us. doing a thousand a week. Yeah. All right, I'll jump it up, four hundred a week." Yeah. So right. I started doing four hundred a week and started using um, you know like maps and started kind of like systemizing it, right? Which and hiring people and doing all that stuff and. 400 a week was doing great for me. Like it was bringing leads and I was like, all right, that's awesome. You know, we're getting more value too. Yeah. We're seeing like more, um, leads for less of a cost than we were with direct yeah. mail. Direct mail was like a hit or miss. And there have been times where we haven't gotten anything from direct mail. So it kind of pushed us more towards banded signs. Yeah. And then what I like about banded signs as well is like these people who call you, they're actually, in, they're in a distress situation or they need to sell, they're motivated. they're motivated because you're not going to call a random number on the side of the road that you get and like, oh, hey, you know, just to tell them, hey, what's up? You know, you're going to call me just, you got a house to sell a direct mail, they'll call them, you know, they'll be like, hey, stop calling me, you know, this and this and that, I'll get a lot of, you get know, your mail out yeah, of yeah, I got, a, I got a house, it's on the market for, you know, so this much and, but banner signs, I mean, they're, and the way that my banner signs are, it's kind of, you know, uh, targeting those type of people that are in that situation, not the retail buyers or not retail yeah. sellers. I would say. So, when you started out, so it's funny because you talk about kind of that mindset. You don't know it's possible until you do it. So, someone said a thousand a week, and you're like, "All right, well, I'm up in it, right?" Yeah. And you didn't even know that was something that could happen until you did it. He might even be lying, but because he kind of set that motivation for you. You just went on blind faith. That's something like I, I tend to do a lot, right? Is I'm like, oh, if you're doing this, I'm going to do it, right? And I'm just going to go. He could be yeah. lying to me. But because he says it, I'm all about it, right? doesn't matter. 
So talk a little bit now that you're doing how many how much are you doing right now? Every week you guys are putting out how many? Every week we're doing like about three to four hundred every week. And what is the system behind it? Let's talk about how you have structured it so people could go out there and replicate it tomorrow. Okay. So basically what we're doing is We have two guys. We have two guys and we got those guys. One of the guys is from the warehouse from Mixed Furniture with my family business and the other guy is from Craigslist. We used to have four guys. Three of them were for Craigslist and one of them was from the business, uh, from the warehouse. Uh, we put an ad out on Craigslist, um, advertising, basically with you know, band sign placers. Um, what we do is we place a, pay them about 80 cents a sign uh, to put them up. So about 100 signs would be $80. Roughly, it takes about two and a half, three hours. So, anyways, I get a you know a big map, eleven by seventeen map of Houston, and I, you know, um, I basically spot out areas that are high traffic areas near Walmart's, near Lowe's, near Target, in the first time home buyer areas. Not, I'm not gonna go to like River Oaks or River Oaks is like a high end, you it's know, like Beverly Hills, like million dollar houses around here. So I'm gonna go to the lower houses anywhere from like fifty to 150 urban kind of areas. Walmart's around there, neighborhood Walmart, super centers, and uh, I basically, you know, box it up, give my guys a map of 11 by 17, circle the intersections I want them to go, route it up for them, and tell them, hey, go ahead and uh, place them up. And I used to first not track my signs, and I would, like, drive around, me and Nessa would drive around and basically look for the signs, which was kind of idiotic, but we would do that, like, look for 100 or 200, like, 400 signs at a time. We wouldn't, we would just tell the guys we were going to do that. But so they can kind of be on their toes and they can, you know, put the signs up. But we, in reality, yeah, we, we would not drive around the whole city on a Saturday, you know, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, right? So yeah. Just drive and Houston's huge. So, like, we wouldn't go from here. Right. We, we would just tell them. We would also buy the call volume that we're getting. So, Saturday, I wouldn't get any calls. I'd tell them, like, we didn't get any calls. We need to go check our signs. We need to check our signs. Yeah. I didn't, I, and I we were doing calls. this until until April until we went to the mastermind until we went to the mastermind and mastermind uh, someone recommended us uh, simple crew it's an app where you basically take a picture of the of the sign and it geotags the location and the time that they place the sign up right so basically now my guys give them, I give them 200 signs one, I give one guy 200 signs it takes 200 picture, pictures and uh, I just look at the pictures make sure they're not duplicates or whatnot, and then I pay them through PayPal That's and awesome. Yeah, just 300 signs consistently, three, 400 signs consistently every week. And the city probably takes down maybe, let, let's just say I put 100 signs up. They probably take down, I put 100 signs on Friday night. All my signs go out on Friday night, all 400 of them. Um, so let's just say I put 100 signs on Friday night. Monday, they will probably take down about 60, 70 of them, 60 or 70. Uh, so I still have 60%. So I'll still have 30, 40% out there. Um and then they just add up. I stay consistent. I keep putting the signs up, and I recycle the areas. You know, I keep the same areas every two, three weeks. Um, I have people who call me from an old number that I haven't used like a month ago. Ages, yeah. yeah. And I actually got just got a deal from it um, last week. A Twelve thousand dollars assignment fee from a number that I haven't used in like a month and a half. That's awesome. I where did you see my sign at? He's like, oh, I saw it on West Park and, uh, you know, some crosswords. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, you should put more signs around here. He's like, I love your signs. I'm like, all right, yeah. I love your signs. <laughs> yeah. So do you put a different – every week that goes out, do you put a different phone number on it? Um, no, anymore. So no. We've, we've assigned a phone number for per sign placers so we know, like, how they're doing, and we can track it on yeah. CallRail. So pay them 80 cents a sign. 
and then I incentivize them. If I'm able to get a deal from you know your number, then I'll go ahead and give you anywhere from a three to five hundred dollar bonus. So this guy that I just got a twelve thousand dollar assignment fee from, I'll give him a bonus about three four hundred dollars, three fifty. That's awesome. So how much do they make total? How much does he make total? I mean, it depends on when I get a bonus. What would he make in a given month if he did that every week for you, plus a bonus, and you get two deals from it? Yeah. So uh, is it livable, or does he still need to do a job? It's not livable. It's not livable. It's like because it's one seventy five. Yeah, it's extra money. This guy has so I have two two guys. One guy has a full time job at my family's warehouse. He gets paid pretty good, but he does it on Friday night. Extra one hundred and seventy five dollars a week. Why not? So, and then the other guy has like three, four different part-time jobs and he's cool with it. I mean, he loves it. Both yeah, of these guys, what, I, what I like about the two guys that I have knock on wood, they, I mean, they, they like doing what they do. They're like, hey, Sean, I, I like it. I mean, keep coming. And when I, when I'd like, you know, take it down from 200 to 100 and give them only 100, like, hey, Sean, why'd you give me only 100? I, I want 200. I'm like, all right. So I like, you know, the guys that I have, by the grace of God, they're good. And, you know, everything's going well. And what does your sign say? What are you saying? Probably pretty simple, right? It's real simple, but I say Sean buys houses, Sean pays cash, any condition, and then my number. That's it? Yeah, it's simple. And then uh, kind of like a handwritten kind of font, but it's not handwritten, uh, kind of, you know, bold, um, blue and white, blue font, white background. Where do you get the signs, and then where do you get the stakes? So the stakes we get from Steak World, and we order them in bulk, about 1,500 stakes at a time. Yeah. And then uh, it's like fifty-seven cents each if you stop. Wow, if you, that's yeah. incredible! Because if you buy them, I think they're what almost like two dollars a steak. Yeah, I yeah. mean if you buy them, depending. If you buy so them like at Lowe's or Home Depot, I think if you're yeah. doing that and you get thirty or something, it's like sixty yeah. bucks or something like that. And then the signs are from a, a local vendor, mom and mom and dad, uh, mom and pop shop. She owns a marketing uh, printing company. Nice. And he, so we just get it from her. Okay. Uh, you know. Uh, for a dollar, dollar sixty, dollar sixty-five. So how much is it to put up? So a dollar sixty, yeah, per sign. So a dollar sixty-five per, you know, eighteen by twenty-four, uh, fifty-seven cents per stake, and then eighty cents per labor. So it's probably like it comes out to be like three dollars to three dollars and nine cents per sign. Not bad at all, right? And how many like, deals have you done this year? We've done thirty-seven. That's incredible, guys. I mean. For those of you out there listening and you've heard of Bandit Signs or maybe you're only doing direct mail or you're trying to figure out how to get a cheap way in, so you're at $3.50 per sign. Is that what you said? $3.09. And if someone put out 100 a week, they're at what, 30 bucks, $31 a week? No, $309. No, 100 a week? Oh, yeah, yeah, $309. Yeah. Okay, still only $1,200 a month. I mean, yeah. it's still, still, yeah, still doable, right? You know, for someone who's like, I don't have a ton of money, but I want to get some signs going. Uh, in the beginning, we didn't print them out. Yeah, I would handwrite them. them. I would yeah. handwrite. Me and my sister would handwrite them. Yeah, a <laughs> hundred of them a week or two hundred a week. Oh, I wrote about. She she was I, really fast at them. Cause I, I, I would do them like first. I'll do like fit. I'll do like fifty, and she'll be done with like hundred and fifty. I'm like, what? I'm like, let me see how they look. Are they? Are you doing a sloppy? And I look at them like, oh damn, this is actually better, better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and her sister needed prom money, so prom dress money. So I was like, hey, I mean, I got a job for you. So <laughs> I gave her, some, yeah. So so I gave her some money. But um, we we used to do that. So it was like at at that time it was probably like a dollar fifty cents. It was like half of it, you know, ninety six cents for the um, 
like 90 cents for the sign, the white sign, you know, yeah. Yeah. with the marker, 57 cents for the steak, and then 80 cents. So it was like $2. And we were $2. handwriting about 300 a week. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that that's a pain in the butt, but it could. it's yeah. also not terrible, right? If someone's trying to do this business full-time, they're trying to get in, they're trying to save money, they don't have a big marketing budget, at the end of the day, what else are you going to do with your time, right, if you're doing this full-time? What our thought was, exactly. like, if there, there's nothing else to do but write signs. So, I mean, if it's going to bring us income, it's going to bring us income, so. Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, you got to write your own signs. When you're on a shoelace budget, you got to write your own signs. you got to, you know – get some steaks from the street and put them, you know, make them your steaks. I and mean, that's what I would do. I, would, I, would, I didn't have that much money for steaks. So yeah. I would find steaks on the floor. There's the steaks everywhere. Find some steaks, go to a recycle place, find some steaks and put, put signs of my, you know, my own self from myself by like from nine to three yeah. and to three, nine, nine PM to three AM and just do it. And you just gotta be in that hustle mode. So what is the, um, neighborhoods you tend to, you tend to go after, price point neighborhoods, right? The the areas that you feel like the deals will move quickest. Like you said in Houston, fifty grand to one hundred and fifty grand, probably closer to a hundred to two hundred would be a price point here in Phoenix that it's kind of the it could be a good flip house, it could be a good rental home. Um, you kinda have the exit strategies. You're definitely not going in high end areas. Uh, you're staying in the lower end areas. Sean buys houses, Sean pays cash, Sean closes quick, phone number, right? Yeah. yeah. And you guys use Ring Central or Call Rail? Call Rail. And do you guys use Podio for the back end of managing your leads? Yeah. yeah. Dude, it's a beautiful business. Beautiful business. Yeah. It's a it's a good it's pretty business. awesome. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. No, no, that's it. I mean, that's I was gonna say, is there anything you know? If you're out there and, and you are, you're gonna have tens of thousands of people listen to this and watch this. So. Uh, what would be your advice to someone, whether they're just getting started, maybe they're contemplating, how can I get more deals? I just received an email this morning. I need more deals. And I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, what would be your advice to someone just getting started or even contemplating, do I do this full time or not? Right? Because that's something of huge value that both of you made the decision young, but also you walked away from good jobs. It's not like you were walking away from, oh, I was working at Burger King. So yeah. what other, you know, tips or thoughts that you guys would like to press upon the people that are listening or watching you on YouTube? I mean, for a beginner, if they're trying to get into this business, first learn the foundation of wholesaling, what goes into it, what goes out, what's the concept of it. But when you know that, I mean, after that, it's just taking action. It's just about doing what, you know, these guys, everybody sets out for you. There's a bunch of, you know, moguls out there that's telling you, hey, signs, direct mail, SEOs. At the end of the day, you just got to do it. And the main thing is just staying consistent to it. If you stay consistent to it, if you put the money into it, and it's all, it's going to for sure come back in return. No doubt. Staying consistent, you know, just taking action, not thinking about, oh, should I, should I do this? Should I not? Yeah. I mean, if you're kind of on the edge about it, start it, do it part-time. You can do it part-time. And, then and to add on that, I think that you shouldn't spend too much time thinking about whether you should do it or not. You should just do it and come up with a game plan and see what works in your area and what other wholesalers in your area are doing. Mm -hmm. So if they, taking action, sure. Definitely taking action and just you're creating a beautiful life for yourself. I think by yeah, doing this absolutely. and you have a lot of freedom and stuff. So that's awesome. Well, you guys are awesome. You definitely have people who I'd like to drink eight beers with for sure. Have some fun. Anywhere, you know, if people will try to find you, do you want them to go to any websites or email, any contact information you want to give out? 
So you can find us on Instagram at Revive House Buyers. Like, R-E-V-I-V-E housebuyers.com or Instagram. Yeah. And that's our website as well, revivehousebuyers.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate you both being on here and giving to the loyal listeners. Uh, just remember, these are people that were you four or five years ago or thinking about trying to get in or trying to systemize a business. So I think you've done a great job giving back and teaching some systems that work for you guys. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Justin. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much, man. All right, guys. That's it. Peace. See you on the next episode.